If it's your first time listening to She Is Becoming, welcome to the show. We are a podcast with the Grace Church Women's Ministry, and we are committed to being transformed by the renewing of our mind, like it says in Romans. I am your co-host, Delaney, and I am here in the studio with my co-host, Bev. And if you haven't listened to our last episode on calling, you should. Bev, how amazing was that last episode on calling? Oh, it's one of my favorite topics, and there's so much in Scripture that really informs us what a calling is and what they look like, and um, it was fun to do. It really was, and it's something that we all really wonder about, at least at some point in our um, walk with Christ. So if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. To listen to all of our episodes or to binge the rest of them, um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and the Grace Church in the Grace Church app. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Over to you, Bev. Well, let me introduce our topic for today. Today we're going to talk about leadership. And it being an election year, there's a lot of talk about good and bad leadership. Yes, there is. So, But leadership is key to all of life. In one aspect, Delaney, we really are all leaders because leadership in its simplest form is influence. Mm. We need good leadership in our homes, our work, our churches, in our country. Leadership is influence, so we are all in that sense leaders. Yeah, that's a good distinction too. It is, but some of us will be called to a specific leadership role. So Mm -hmm. there's that general and then there's the specific. The place to start our discussion on leadership today, I really feel is important to start with the Lord Jesus Christ and his leadership. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only perfect leader. So just starting out with that thought is really important. He alone led in perfect harmony with God's will Jesus led with confidence and that always he always knew the right thing to do, when to show compassion, when to get angry, what to teach and how. We can trust completely the leadership of Christ in our lives. We are always safest when we follow him. He's the perfect leader. Lord Jesus, he's always working for our good, even in difficult circumstances. And it's a good thing to go to the phrase, I think, that we was so popular years ago. What would Jesus do? I love that, though. Yeah, let's. maybe we need to be reminded of that today. A simple truth. A simple truth. What would Jesus do in the sphere of my influence or leadership that I have right now? What would Jesus do? How would Jesus lead my children? How would Jesus handle this work situation? How would Jesus handle the current church situation? There are so many leaders in the Bible that we can take some wonderful truth from and actually inform us on how we can lead others. Um, Looking into the lives of some of these great characters in Scripture, we really look and we see the do's and don'ts of leadership. Because the Bible doesn't hide the the flaws. It's super real. It is very real. Uh, We'll see how God calls people to leadership, prepares them, sends them, the mistakes they uh, make in leadership. And we're also going to see their strengths, Um, so strengths and faults here. So Delaney, Moses, is often considered the greatest leader outside of Christ. So today, let's... Let's think about him and his leadership. Yeah, I love this episode because we're really just going to take a look into Moses' life. And there's so many good examples of leadership. And also, like you said, of how he wasn't a perfect leader. So just starting from the beginning of Moses' life, I'm sure a lot of you know the story of Moses. But the Israelites are are, uh, living in Egypt and Moses was an Israelite. And they were growing rapidly. And the king of Egypt saw their growth and was super scared. And he tried to stop their growth, basically. So he... 
enslaved the Israelites and he brutalized them. And this part of scripture is really hard to read because the treatment of the Israelites was horrible. Um, And so the king went so far as commanding the Israelite midwives to actually kill the baby boys. And one of my favorite um, little phrases in scripture is when it says, but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the boys live. That statement is chilling to me. Like these women cared more about what God said and risked their life to be obedient to God to disobey and they disobeyed the king and they let these boys live that's influence that's influence that's some leadership right there it is so let's just start with that um so yeah they stood up to that king let me tell you so um moses was allowed to live and moses mom tried to hide him as long as she could but we've all had uh you know if you have a newborn you know that there's only so long that you can hide a crying baby and so she put him in a basket in the nile river and she had his older sister watch over him And the king's daughter actually sees Moses in the basket and she hears him crying and she actually adopts him. And so Moses um, gets to go live in the king's palace as he gets older, but his love for his people remains. And Moses eventually has to flee for his life because um, he saw an Egyptian brutalizing an Israelite man and he actually killed the Egyptian. Um, So he had to flee for his life, but God protected him and he actually escapes and he makes it out. So it's clear that God had ordained Moses' leadership even before he was born. God used the midwives, Moses' mother, Moses' sister, and the king's daughter to protect Moses. Um, And really, despite the king's many attempts, God's plan for Moses couldn't be thwarted. And I love that about our God. His plan cannot be thwarted. And it's clear that God was raising up Moses to be a leader, just as he does with leaders today. God protects, ordains, and allows circumstances to shape to shape the leaders that he calls. Well, Moses now is in big trouble. He had to leave his home. The only place he's ever known was Egypt. And he flees into the desert, runs into a family, marries a daughter in this family, and he ends up being a shepherd in the desert for 40 years. Nothing, nothing. Such uh, an outstanding start. But then there's nothing for 40 years. Exodus 3 through 4 give us a picture of when Moses is called out of that obscurity back into leadership. It's called the burning bush. Uh, God calls to him from this burning bush, and he he asks him to do a pretty scary leadership position. Listen to uh, 3.10 in Exodus. So now I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And Moses' response was, who am I to do this? Yeah. He, he makes all kinds of excuses. He can't talk. He's, he, he just, can you send someone else? I mean, this guy was just squirming to get out. And so often we, we may want to squirm and get out of a leader position as well. Definitely have been there. <laughs> yeah. And so, but God gives him his plan. He gives Moses signs and he gives him an assistant, Aaron, his brother. Finally, Moses obeys. He goes. So what are the lessons from these early years? Well, God has a place of influence for all of us. And then God prepares us to lead often. It often begins in childhood. So many missionaries feel that initial call in childhood. Yeah, yeah. God uses failures, these desert times in our life, to also be part of that preparation. God's timing is never early, never late. So Moses now is back in Egypt, and he does confront Pharaoh to let God's people go. He demonstrates signs as God directed. 
However, this made the situation worse for the people. Can you imagine the discouragement? Oh, so discouraging. (laughs) So discouraging for Moses. But he took courage. He had to trust God's plan. Nine plagues later, Pharaoh is still hardened against the release of Israel. The final plague was the death of the firstborn. And that really is a picture of the blood of Jesus on the door of their, where they abide. So this was called Passover. The firstborn of the Egyptians died. Israel were protected under the blood. Such a beautiful picture there of the gospel and what yeah, Christ has done for exactly, us. Exactly, foreshadowing. Right, but let's, let's talk about the leadership points that we see here. With the Lord's help, God's uh, and, and that good leadership will be willing to confront evil. That's key. Isn't it? Isn't it? And I've seen a fearlessness in some recent preaching. <laughs> and we all know who that might be. Yeah. Who, is, who has stood against the evil in, and the corruption in our society. And that takes courage and that takes great leadership. So he was willing to confront evil. Moses also persevered with initial failure. And, you know, so often we can, you know, take our toys and go home after we failed in leadership and say, I'll never take that risk. I'll never stick my neck out again. But not Moses. He actually, I see him growing in courage and leadership skills as he led. So you can't expect to be perfect when you start in any kind of leadership role. It's a place where God can grow you. Also notice Moses was not a respecter of persons. He wasn't intimidated by Pharaoh. I, I'm shocked at his boldness. Yeah. And, but that Jesus had that same quality. Moses told the people to apply the blood. It's really, again, a picture today of us sharing the gospel. The leaders need to keep first things first, and that's always the gospel. Amen. So uh, just a couple of bonus points, lessons here on uh, leadership. God tells Moses what he's to speak and what he's to command, and Moses obeys. That's the first job of leaders today. Speak as the Lord commands. Moses obeyed God. And another job of the modern leader is obedience. It's not the leader's job to press their own opinions. No, the leader is to be dependent on God's voice and obedient to what he says. Yeah, and I think too, like when you're a leader and you're you have that close relationship with God and you're able to listen to His voice. That's we've talked about this. That this requires legit obedience that can be really hard. And you see that from Moses' life that he did hard things, but he still obeyed God and he trusted God. He did. He did. And it's always the test, you know. If it's hard, uh, it's easy to obey the easy things, but the hard things, that takes a lot of faith. Yeah. But we know that Moses didn't do this perfectly, obviously. <laughs> no, he, he did have flesh and blood. Yes, uh-huh. he did. So hopping over to Numbers 20, we actually see a little bit more of um, Moses's anger. Um, God had asked him to speak to the rock, and to sh- but he struck it instead. And he, he clearly disobeyed God. And he did it in front of all of the people he was leading. So this was kind of like a public diso- disobedience, really. Um, and it's we also know that Moses had some anger issues because, remember, we had already talked about that he had killed the Egyptian. And then um, he also had he also threw down the Ten Commandments when he uh, came off of the mountain talking to the Lord. So we know Moses had some anger issues. He was not a perfect leader. So a couple of things that this shows us is that God is patient when we disobey and when we sin with the leader and um, with all of us, but there are still consequences for our sin, and no one escapes that. No, no, and that's, that's a sobering lesson. 
Um, and sometimes as leaders, we can let things go. We know that God wants to correct it. And I think Moses was a classic case of letting it go. And finally, God said, enough. Yeah. Enough. He does that to all of us for Doesn't sure. He? Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah. He does. Kind of makes me swallow hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, the next major scene in Exodus 13 through 17 is Moses's leadership that takes place in the desert. He's leading the Israelites out of Egypt on their way to Cana, the such joy, but uh-oh, the first thing he encounters in this um, answered thing of releasing the people is now he's backed up to the Red Sea, but he believed and obeyed God in spite of the impossible situation of having their backs to the water and the Egyptians in front of them. God's people were saved and the Egyptians were destroyed. He Second, there's huge group uh, came next then to the bitter waters of Marah, and people grumbled against Moses. Moses cries out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He throws it into the bitter waters. It becomes sweet. Just verses down down the, the page, it's the people are grumbling again, this time around food. And yeah. Moses in, in Exodus 16, 8 says, you are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. You see, the Lord hears their grumblings. And the Lord, what does he do? He sends manna and quail enough quail so it's coming out of their noses. It was so much quail. Yeah, he provided. He did. He did. Um, so let's just talk about this a little bit about the leadership lessons here in these early pictures of Moses. First of all, the Red Sea. Leadership takes faith. That took faith uh, for him to stand in front of that water and yeah. lift his arms and to see. He didn't know what God was going to do other than what God was going to rescue them. The people will follow strong faith in a leader as they follow God. Moses obeyed without knowing all the details. He said to them, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to stand still. That's faith. And then the waters of Merah, this bitterness. A wise leader cries out to God for the needs of his people. Prayer is the leader's greatest resource. We're going to go back to that thought again and again. And then grumbling. The grumbling of the people are really grumbling against God. So when I grumble, Delaney, that's kind of a serious thing. I'm grumbling. If I'm grumbling that I don't have this or that or um, this didn't work out, I'm really grumbling against God's yeah. sovereignty in my life. Are, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So God has all the resources we need to lead others according to his will. And Moses is learning that these early uh, times in his leadership. Yeah, so that's all really good because definitely we've all been there and sometimes we can grumble against like a pastor or a leader and we don't necessarily like agree, um, but we just, we have to know that like God is in control and even if maybe I'm disagreeing with this pastor is saying that God has put him in leadership for some kind of a reason, even if we don't have all the answers. Um, so we got to remember who we're really grumbling against for sure. That's good, thanks. So we hop over to Exodus 18. Moses is in the middle of the desert with millions of people to lead, and um, his father-in-law, Jethro, that he had been in the 40 years of the desert with earlier on, he's telling him about everything that had happened. He's telling him about the plagues, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the splitting of the Red Sea, uh, every circumstance and hardship. Yet Moses tells Jethro, that's his father-in-law, how God has continually rescued them. At every point, the, the impossible, God has rescued his people. And a true and godly leader really has this right view of God. You know, Moses could have boasted in himself, his obedience or his faith, or you know what, I did this, I obeyed. But no, Moses understood that everything that had happened was really because of God, and it wasn't because of him. And they actually worshiped God together. And then we see this scene where Moses is doing all the leadership tasks for the people. 
it says that he was up sun up to sun down. And his father-in-law, Jethro, gives Moses some super godly counsel. He basically says, um, you can't do this all yourself. And what you're doing is really not actually helping the people. And he counsels Moses to select other godly people to lead alongside of him. And the, crit- the criteria for these godly leaders was men who fear God, men of truth, and honest. And these are the men that should carry burdens with you. So what do we learn about leadership here? Well, first, I would say leadership is lonely, but you're not alone. Moses was doing everything by himself. No doubt he's exhausted, stressed, most likely anxious, um, and he was doing everything alone. So Jethro tells him to share his burdens with other men because burnout is real. Another thing that we learn is a leader delegates and understands the importance of raising up new leaders. Like we said, burnout is so real in leadership and you're only one person. You can't do everything yourself. So Jethro was giving Moses wise and really realistic counsel. Share your burdens with other leaders because you can't do it all. Um, It also shows how important it is to raise up new leaders. If you think that you're the only one who's able to do a job, you have the wrong perspective. The mission continues even when you are no longer there. So there needs to be new leaders to take it up as well. And I think that's super important for leaders because we often think that we're the only ones that can do something, and that's not right. Yeah, we're all you're, we're all replaceable. <laughs> yeah, and it's good to have like a yes. right view of that. Like even yes. though God selects you to be a leader, that the mission's going to continue. Yeah, and we're a body. Yeah, we're not just us. You know, one piece of the body doing all the work. If you put yourself too high on a pedestal, too, you're kind of starting to take some of that glory for yourself, and that's not what we want. So it also shows that a leader receives wise counsel. Notice that Moses received Jethro's counsel. He didn't scoff and act like he knew everything. He received it. He was really teachable. Super teachable. And, you know, to get this outside perspective was really important for Moses. And sometimes that's what we need as leaders as well. We totally do. So another thing that we learned is that a leader is also being led. So from these interactions between Jethro and Moses, I think it'd be safe to assume that Jethro was some sort of a mentor to Moses. I mean, he took him into his home and Moses had nowhere to go. He's his father-in-law and he gives him some sound biblical advice. So leaders need this. We need leaders who have been leading longer than us to give us discernment and wisdom. Always. Which is part of our podcast, to be honest. Yes. Like, we need the perspectives. We need the outside perspective. I need your generation. You need my generation. We do. We need each other. Again, it's that body working together. All of us. Totally. Well, I'm going to look at Exodus 19 through 34. Here, God calls Moses to come up to Mount Sinai to meet him there. Picture this scene, Delaney. It, It makes me tremble. First of all, there's three days of preparation. The people had to fast and and wash their clothes. And I mean, this was going to be a special time of God coming to them. The mountain is covered with a thick cloud and smoke is coming out of it. There's thunder, there's lightning, there's a loud trumpet blasting. Wow. (laughs) The whole mountain was shaking violently and everyone in the camp trembled as well. And they said, Moses, you go up for us. We'll stay here. Yeah. <laughs> the people were forbidden by God, too, to go up and to get close to it at this time. Well, here God is going to meet with Moses and give him the Ten Commandments and the other laws for their uh, you know, civil society that would be pleasing to God. God also gave Moses the detailed plans for the tabernacle. All of this is in these chapters of Exodus 19 through 31. Some really good reading. Mm-hmm. Moses was on the mountain a long time, and the people grew so restless, they asked Aaron to make a golden calf. 
The Lord tells Moses to return to the camp as there's, they've made themselves an idol. They're a stiff-necked people. God wants to destroy the people and begin again with Moses. I just see so many ad- admirable things here about Moses. Moses, instead of saying, great, God, start with me. Yeah. <laughs> Moses intercedes and reminds the Lord of what the Egyptians would think and of the promises God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, or Jacob. And the Lord relents or changes his mind. But there would be consequences for this rebellious people. In Exodus 33, uh, it mentions this tent of meeting and the pillar of cloud. So we see consistency with this pillar of cloud. Would, when Moses would enter this tent of meeting, which anybody could, but when Moses would enter, this cloud would come and stand at the door of the tent. And it says in Scripture that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So let's reflect now on the leadership things found in these crucial chapters in Exodus. Number one, Moses feared the Lord and taught the people to fear the Lord. What does that really mean to fear the Lord? It means respect. It means never wanting to offend. He helped the people understand God's boundaries for their own good Mm -hmm. and his holiness. I love that. Points them back to God. He does. Moses was careful to know and then follow the detailed instructions the Lord gave him. He was not to do his own thing. He had to take all of that down and do precisely for this tabernacle, for the laws. Everything was very precise, and Moses was just to note it and take it back to the people. Thirdly, Moses cared for the people he was leading, and he interceded on their behalf. He was not out to exalt himself at the expense of people. And we cannot forget to mention the tent of meeting. Speaking to God is such a privilege. Moses had a unique meeting face to face, but that doesn't mean he literally saw God. We too can have a tent of meeting every day, a place and a time for prayer, for real fellowship with God. It is in God's word and prayer that we meet with God in the tent. A leader has a desperate need for this vital connection with God. This is putting gas in the tank of leadership. You got nothing if you don't get it from the Lord. So really, prayer is the most important work when we're serving God. In fact, I've heard others say it is the work in serving God. Yeah. And we need to be in God's presence like that, you know, especially when you're leading other people because you need to know what he's saying. Exactly. And so we need, like, that's really important. Because you need to get your confidence from that as well because um, people will try to distract you and pull you in 12 different ways when you're in a leadership position. But if you know that You've heard this from the Lord. It will give you boldness and a firmness to stick to God's plan and God's will. Yeah. It's clear that Moses feared God and not man. He did. And for a leader, that's so important because it's the same thing. You can be pulled different directions with people having different opinions, thinking you're doing the wrong thing. But the important thing is I'm fearing God. I'm going to do what he says. Being a people pleaser as a leader, you will not be happy. And you will not be uh, able to sustain that leadership very long. You won't be effective. You have to, you know what, when I was teaching all those years, I always remembered often to myself, I would say, I'm teaching to an audience of one. It's Mm. for him, for his glory, not pleasing people. Yeah, I love that, which is key for all of us to know. (laughs) Um, So hopping over to Numbers 11 through 15, we get some 
really, really good points about what leaders should do in the midst of opposition. I would say Moses faced a ton of opposition. I, I don't know how he did it and continued on, actually, and, after I read all yeah. this. And it feels like a lot. Like, I'm a reading lot. this, and I'm like, I feel like every chapter, someone's grumbling, someone's complaining. So um, Moses faced a ton of opposition, people disobeying, complaining, greed, laziness, and his act- actually his own brother and sister turned against him. And then he ex- he's, you know, facing rebellion after rebellion against God over and over again. And so Moses's disposition through all of this remained consistent and remained the same. He would cry out to God for his people, for the people. He, He would talk to God about them. He would intercede for them before the Father. And so when Moses faced opposition, the place he would go would be to God. And I love that. And so this is this is true for the leader today. First of all, don't be surprised by opposition. You should expect it. It's going to happen. Um, and even Jesus had opposition, and he was betrayed by those closest to him. So even though he was betrayed, opposition didn't keep Jesus from obeying the Father, and it didn't keep Moses from continuing to obey God. Wow, that is powerful. Powerful. And to think his own family. And it can happen. Jesus, one of his 12 disciples, was the betrayer for him. And here Moses, his own sister and brother, are, are, are rebelling against him. So, you know, it happens often close to home. Mm-hmm. It does. Well, moving on then, I'm going to look at uh, kind of the final days of Moses, his final words. Uh, how did he finish? And this is in the last few chapters of Deuteronomy. He wrote a song here filled with the truth about God and his relationship with the people. And, you know, that was wise of Moses because songs are remembered more easily. Delaney, when you want your little guy to to learn a verse or something, if you sing it, we learn it so much quicker. So all these beautiful truths, you should, listeners, you must read that, Deuteronomy 32 through 34. It's a beautiful song of Moses. Moses in it, he blesses each tribe. He gives a specific word to each group. He's really leaving them with that, um, with their vision on God and not himself. I love that. And he says in this song, take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day so that you may command your children to carefully obey all the words of this law. So he's just, again, warning them, encouraging them towards God, towards obedience. And he said to them, these are not just idle words for you. They are your life. What a final word what to leave. Statement. What a statement. Yeah. So after the song, after the blessing, Moses climbs up Mount Nebo, and the Lord showed him from afar the promised land there. Moses dies on the mountain, but he died in perfect health, the, <laughs> the scripture tells us. I mean, he climbed a mountain, first yeah, of all. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. Um, he climbed a mountain. He was in, and scripture even goes into detail describing his health, but yet, He dies there on the mountain, and it says that the Lord buries him. Because you know what would happen if they had a big funeral and a a place where they buried him? It would become a place where people would worship. Wow. He would become an idol. And so God just very quietly removes Moses from the scene. So in parting, Moses laid his hand on Joshua. The spirit of wisdom came upon Joshua so that the people from now on followed Joshua. To have a leadership vacuum is not good. Um, Moses was very wise here. Joshua had been following him and with him as a close uh, partner in, me- in leadership, and now he was to pass that on to his, his uh, younger protege. Now, Moses gave testimony about God in his song. I wonder, as leaders, what testimony about God will we leave behind? 
What will those we served say was our blessing to them? Nothing honors God and a retiring leader more than reminding them what is true about God. And then finally, the end of leadership is not the end, Delaney. I mean, we think, well, I'll die and I'll just, you know, play a harp and rest on a cloud the rest of my life. Right. No, no. There's going to be rewards and more service await the leader in the eternal kingdom. In fact, once a missionary was watching Teddy Roosevelt return from a hunting trip, and there was just, you know, all the fanfare. And, and they these missionaries were just coming home after decades of faithful service to the Lord. And he said to the Lord, you know, look at all this because he was hunting. Lord, and we've done all this. And God seemed to say to his heart, you're not home yet. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. I love that. The right view of God and always pointing back to God. That's like really the role. It is. Of a leader. You don't want him to remember you. You want him to remember the great things about God. Yeah. I feel like that's actually something that you have taught me a lot about is even like when you will like say something encouraging, it's always like God through you because mm. that's always what we want to come back to. Right. Which right. I love. Yeah. So really our challenge for you sisters today is a couple of questions we want you to think about. First, what is your sphere of influence? Who are you influencing? Maybe it's coworkers, friends, um, children, your husband, whoever it is. Who? What is your sphere of influence? And is God raising you up to be a leader in a specific area? Maybe there is something that's been um, God's been like placing on your heart, a Sunday school leader, or I don't know, some kind of leader, and He's been placing on your heart. So what is that? And also, what trait of Moses leadership are you neglecting? Is it the obedience? The prayer? The prayer. I feel like those actually can be really hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what part of Moses' leadership are you neglecting? Godly leadership is such a blessing to the church, and bad leadership can be a form of judgment. So we want to pray and ask the Lord to raise up godly leaders in every area. In our place of influence, in our leadership, may we take to heart that we have learned from the amazing leadership of Moses. And we actually have even more to learn about from Jesus and his leadership. So we want to remember that. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for us here, sisters. God, thank you for this time. Right now, I pray that you will begin to raise up more godly leaders in our nation, in our neighborhoods, in our states, in our communities, because we really need to hear from you. And I pray that you will raise up the leader that will speak your words and not his own words. Um, I thank you so much for this time and that you actually allow us to be effective and to allow us to be leaders and allow us to take part in your mission, God. We are just so blessed. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it was great to be with you, sisters. Join us in two Mondays on She is Becoming. <laughs>